Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. There was a blinding flash of light in the studio at 7.01 this morning. Not to worry, not to fear. It was two light bulbs going off in the heads of Ashley Frasca and Jason Byers, both of whom at the same moment said, he's got his computer changed to the wrong setting. It's not on screener. He is on host. This is nothing I had done, nor nothing they had done either. Somebody who was here before us had changed the settings on the computer, and that's why we couldn't get anybody on the air this morning. Again, big flash of light, but two heads greater than one, and certainly we think we're working this. We're on the front That's burner That's exactly now. what I was going to say. Two heads are better than one, two and three, one. two and a half. I mean, well, you were there. mine was not contributing at all. Mine was being very quiet during the whole thing as you two excitedly tried to say, hey, this is what happened, this is what happened. Let's try it and see. Stan. Hey, how you doing? He morning? is there! <laughs> <laughs> Lots of applause, Stan. Lots of applause. <laughs> I have a couple of quick, really quick stories for you and a question about okay. gardenias. Uh, Christmas cactus are yeah. often known for their longevity, and I didn't hear everything you said this morning, but I, I met a woman up in, in Buckhead uh, several years ago who had a Christmas cactus in a pot that was like less than a half a gallon pot, and she had been nursing this since her mother gave it to her. Her mother received it upon this woman's birth. Oh, wow, Stan. Yeah, and when I met this woman, she was 92. <laughs> <laughs> they do prize. have longevity. You were the prize. Longest lasting houseplant in 90. Oh, yeah. man. And what, I, what about the kiwi I had the fortune of living in Italy for some time at the uh, northern rim of the Po Valley, uh, where uh, literally to see the mountains, the Alps, you had to stick your body out the window and rotate your body to yeah. see the top of the mountains. So we're right on the edge at the base of the Alps, and my neighbor had a huge kiwi vine. Yeah. And so it can be done. It can be done. Climate. If you have the right environment, of course, they'll do fine. But yeah, that is usually take... not the right environment, but Italy, New Zealand, sure. Yeah. So how about yeah. your gardenia then, Stan? What do you want to do with the gardenia? Um, I have the larger var- variety Gardenia, uh, I forget the proper name for it. I mean, there's several varieties, but yeah. the typical one, the larger one that people see. And it's in a hedge around the corner of the house, and it's impeding on the walk. And I'd really like to, like, cut it, like, from four feet down to two feet and yeah. cut the sides that are supposed to, that are about four feet wide now down to about two feet wide. Uh, what's going to happen to this thing, and when's the best time, and all that. You'll still get some flowers, some flowers, and again, it depends on the variety. Some of them will recover and flower on current year twigs, meaning that if you prune this winter, then in the spring you'll get some twigs that will grow out, and they will then have flowers on them sometime in June usually. If it is one of the fall-blooming gardenias, then they will recover fine and bloom almost normally in the fall. It just depends on which variety you have. So. Bottom line saying, if you want to prune it, go ahead and do it. You're not going to kill it, certainly. You're going to get flowers of some 
number or another depending on the variety that you have. So go ahead and print if you need to. And um, best time, any time during the winter? Yeah, when it's cold, uh, January, February would be fine to do it then. Okay, and that's because this is actually a customer's place. I do yard work for uh -huh. a living. And it, I, w I don't want it to, to look yeah, ugly. They are going to look ugly. I mean, might. they're going to look ugly anyway, Stan, because you're cutting off all the leaves. <laughs> you know, so warn your customer that, that, man, it's going to look ugly. <laughs> so maybe wait. In your case, Stan, since it's a customer, wait until February maybe to do it. That's don't get saying. totally bent out of shape about how Stan murdered the gardenias. Yeah, <laughs> at least for a shorter period of time. Yeah. Thank you very much, Walter. You bet, Stan. Hey, man, thanks for, thanks for calling. Beverly now is in McDonough and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hi, Beverly. Good morning. Oh, I hear that. It's <laughs> lovely to hear your sweet voice, Beverly, because we got another line on just perfectly. We've got it figured out. That's good. My husband grew some lovely sweet potatoes last summer and this summer. Mm -hmm. um, I'm peeling them in the kitchen now right. to cook. And there's some little, I will call them fingerlings, not knowing what to call them, little small ones. Maybe as big as my index finger, my yeah. thumb, maybe a little bit larger, my thumb, almost too small to peel. Can yeah. I save those for next spring to plant? Can you get mm. them to root some way? Will they root? Is it worth the trouble? That's what Walter's going to I don't know do how much trouble is it. All right. If you keep them in the house without planting them, they're going to dry out. They're so small that they're going to shrivel up and dry sometime between now and planting time in the spring. On the other hand, you could possibly plant them in a little pot, a little uh, six-inch maybe pot, and put them in a warm window, and they will sprout. And you'll have this long vine growing up your kitchen window and over the top of the kitchen window, maybe down the other side by the year next year. But the truth of how do you plant sweet potatoes is you don't plant them from the tuber itself. You have little cuttings that you'll make. So here, I'm just giving everybody homework this, this morning, Beverly. So here is your homework to try. Take those little fingerling things, little uh, small sweet potatoes, put them one to a pot, little six-inch pots, and put them as much room as you have in your kitchen window. Um, keep them watered, keep them warm, sunshine on them during the summertime, or during the wintertime. And next, uh, da -da 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 -da, sometime in February, mid to late February, you'll have, as I say, good growth on the vine. Start taking cuttings then, which is what my mother would do, Beverly. She would take cuttings from her sweet potatoes, which she grew in little aluminum ice cube trays in the kitchen window. And she'd make cuttings sometime in February and put those cuttings in, <laughs> how to describe it, the orange juice, <laughs> orange juice cups. The cups that we drank orange juice from when we were kids. They were small, mm -hmm. they were glass, they were clear. Uh, four inches high and about two inches in diameter because a kid's hand could go around the orange juice cup. And those glass cups would be lined up again on another windowsill in the kitchen with the little cuttings, the little leafy cuttings about four, I guess, four inches long. And they would root by April, by the 1st of May. That's really the time to plant uh, these cuttings. These slips is the other name for the sweet potato cuttings that are rooted. They're called slips, S-L-I-P-S. And so my mother then would have 5, 10, 20 maybe slips that she had rooted in the kitchen window the 1st of May. She put the slips in the ground in the garden outside. They would immediately start growing by June, July. You know, it just covers the ground, lots of leaves and, and vine covering the ground. And we'd harvest sweet potatoes in usually August or September. 
So you could do the same if you care to do it. If you can care to keep it alive for the wintertime and make growth, make the new vine on those little sweet potatoes and make the slips and root those, yeah, you could do it for next year. I might try just a few, just to see if I can do it. And you call me back in May or April or sometime and let me know how it's going. I would love to know the the outcome. Okay, and so the so the ones I decide not to do, can I put them in the compost pile? Sure. Yeah. And you may find the next April you say, look, there's a little sweet potato growing out of my compost pile. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you may find that to happen, too. All right. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for calling, Beverly. 404-872-0750 is the number you can dial if you want to take Beverly's place. We've got Diane in Woodstock. We've got a couple of minutes Well, good her. morning. Hey, Diane. Walter, you, you, uh, you gave me a blast from the past just a second ago when you said something about the little juice glasses. <laughs> You're talking about, about, about the jelly glasses? Yeah, sure. You used to get glasses. <laughs> Listen, I have, I have a, uh, about a 50 to 60-inch driveway, and it's got that slope like most Georgia driveways do. Okay. And I was able to pick up 10... Um, pots of Aaron's beard mm-hmm. at good price. Now, they only covered about 20 feet, and I saw that a lot of the runners had their little roots on them. Sure, yeah. Right. Uh, is it better to wait until springtime or to see if I can propagate some of those now to fill out the rest of my driveway slope? Lots of light. Light, light, light. Light is the is the thing that holds a lot of plants from growing very well in the winter time. Try it and see, Diane. That's all I can say. I give you okay. the same sort of thing. The sunniest winter you can possibly find to propagate those little runners, put them in a pot, see what happens. Okay. I think this sounds like it's a great ground cover. Yeah, I mean, based it's on some little... outside. Try propagating some in the ground outside next mm-hmm. to your, well, not next to your plants, but clip off the runners and put them in various places outside. Some of them may survive, too. We know mm-hmm. right. I don't yeah, know. I've never, I've never heard of a ground cover that can tolerate dry or wet yeah, or sun right. or shade. No deer. <laughs> so, all like right, a well, good. One-top super shop. That sounds like a good that, plan. That, that's it. I enjoy your show. Thank Thanks. you very much, Walter. Thank you, Diane. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty is the number. And in the next few minutes, we'll talk to Orrin in East Point about his low-hanging limbs on his river birch. And Jeb in Social Circle has a lemon tree that he needs to winterize. I'm hopeful Jeb has already started on that because it's time to get him winterized now. We'll be back. After this, this is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, 100% chance of rain, 30% chance later on this evening. High of 62, low of 60 today. Tomorrow, only a 30% chance of showers. High of 72, low of 48. Full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Oren in East Point. Let's get my cursor up here. Here he is. Hey, Oren. Good morning. Welcome to the Lawn and Garden. Hey, Walter. Good morning, Walter and Company. Good morning. Uh, I like to start this off by telling you what I do know. Okay, river what do you birch, do? Yeah, river burst trees bleed profusely and result in dieback mm. if you wait too late in the winter to prune them. Uh, I pruned my mother's uh, river birch this past 
late winter, early spring, about March. Yeah. And it bled profusely, resulting in some dieback. So huh. I got to neaten that up and cut off a few more branches that are hanging over her sidewalk. And um, I just want to check with you to see exactly when I should do that so I can get the best results. The bleeding may not have been the thing that caused the dieback, or it's possible mm. that maybe the limb was so short that it didn't have any leaves on it and just died because it didn't have any leaves, didn't sprout because it didn't have a light on it, perhaps. Well, well I cut it back to the collar, so I, uh, I intended on okay. those particular limbs being totally gone anyway, but yeah. the, the limbs that, the, the trunks that those limbs were attached to died back a little bit. That's so weird. luckily the thing has like four trunks on it. Yeah, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so I still got three to work with, hmm. but... Uh, when can I cut those things without them bleeding so hard? I, I oh, read anytime it's cold, it's fine. The the okay. bleeding is caused usually just by this warm warming up, and so you were doing it. Right. What did you say, March sometime? And right. I, many times in spring, I'll say now if you're pruning your birch trees, if you're pruning your muscadine grapes, if you're pruning your dogwoods, many mm-hmm. times they'll bleed, bleed, bleed. Mm-hmm. Typically, not any damage to the plant itself. But if you do mm-hmm. it in the wintertime, there's no bleeding at all. Oh, great. So I'm going to do it this year, uh, well, next year, about January, then, in the middle of yeah. winter. Yeah, nice so and cold. I'm going to do it. Sure. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate that advice. Hey, it's great talking to you, Orrin. Thanks for calling. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Orrin's place. Tomorrow, don't forget, my friends, it is Sunday. What is Sunday? It's the time when my Atlanta Journal-Constitution comes delivered to my front door which I really like because I want to see what Greg Bluestein and Bill Galloway and Maureen Downey and Jim Torpy have to say about the week's events previous, and their commentary to me is really, really astute and on the mark. The AJC, I get it seven days a week, so I've got lots of newspapers to read each week. But I think it's one of the best places in Georgia to find what's really going on in politics, what's really going on with uh, local corruption investigations, which we hate to hear about, which sometimes happen, and the AJC investigates a little bit better and a little bit more in-depth than a radio station or a TV station can handle. They are, by reputation, credible, compelling, and complete, and you get, not only do you get all that information, but hundreds of dollars worth of coupons every Sunday in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It's 727 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden after news. Live and festive in the public's Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.37, 50 rainy degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful with whatever you want to do in your or today. Probably don't want to do outside, but if you're preparing for some, something, tomorrow is going to be a pretty nice day. 70, what do we say, 70-something degrees? 72 degrees tomorrow. Unbelievable. It'll be nice and warm tomorrow. If you have questions about what you can do, 404-872-0750. Our friend Gene from Bremen, Georgia, joins us. Hey, Gene, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What's up? Uh, I want to know if I want one real bad, but not if it's going to die. <laughs> Norfolk Island Pine. Yeah. Well, they live here. Outdoors or indoors, Gene? Outdoors. No. Well. Arrgh. I can't have anything inside. I know that Norfolk 
sounds like Norfolk, Virginia, and it's spelled the same, but Norfolk Island is actually an island in the warm Pacific waters near Australia, New Zealand, I think. And so the Norfolk Island pines are a tropical plant, and they grow really, really big down there. I remember being so blown away. God, they're 100 feet tall. Wow, that's a little Norfolk Island pine that I had in my living room. But down there they were great, but here in Atlanta, the outside there ain't going to happen. No, too cold. Okay, can I ask you one other thing? For you today, since you were so disappointed with my first answer, yes, Jean. <laughs> Is wood ashes good to sprinkle around amaryllis? Uh, it won't make a whole lot of difference unless you use too many. I mean, if you got ashes, Jean, the easiest and most maybe productive use for them is to spread them on your lawn. You put lime on your lawn every year or two or three maybe to get your grass and the dirt out there sweetened a little bit. That's what ashes do is sweeten the soil, raise the pH a bit, and I can't think of anything particularly they have in them that would make an amaryllis happy, but your lawn, sure, they could use some raised, well, uh, raised pH. So do that. A friend of mine had a big, long row, beautiful, beautiful, but now they've all died. Yeah. But they put ashes around theirs, and I wondered if they put too many or something. I, I might don't. change the pH a little bit. I don't think that Norfolk Island Pine like to be in uh, uh, amaryllis, like to be in a particularly high pH environment. Maybe they do, but I still think you're safer to put it on your lawn. Okay. Thanks right. so much. It's great talking to you, Gene. Thanks for calling. Happy holidays. Okay. See you soon. Bye-bye. 404-872. You know the rest. 0750. Let's go to uh, Regina in Conyers. Hey, Regina. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Um, I am down here visiting, and I actually live in Illinois. Oh. The, go the government says I'm zone six, but, <laughs> you know, as a gardener, we're still zone five. Ah, uh, yes. So, cold. Cold in Chicago. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually in the central central part of the state, okay. not quite as cold as Illinois, as uh, Chicago. But I am in love with your camellias. Oh, uh, they're beautiful. Just oh, gorgeous. my God. Yeah. Yes. But I was wondering if I could put it, like, in a, you know, a huge pot and bring it in during the winter, maybe, like, in August, start acclimating mm -hmm. it to inside. And then in the spring, after frost is done, take it back outside absolutely and, and do that back and forth would it still bloom for me it would indeed and the only key i think regina is to get a variety that does not grow really big right obviously right. you don't want a potted <laughs> camellia that grows 12 to 15 feet tall that doesn't make a lot of sense but if you get some of the no. smaller varieties yeah you can bring them in and out uh-huh okay great great well i am in spite of the fact that I brought the cold weather with me on Monday. <laughs> I, I know I your apologize. family loves you for that, yeah. <laughs> I am uh, totally enjoying enjoying visiting, yes. We have, we have really enjoyed having you down here, Regina. I'm glad you came. Hope you come again. I will. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming. We'll see you soon, Regina. Thanks for calling. Jeb and Social Circle joins us. Hey, Jeb, good morning. Good morning, man. How are you? I'm, man, I'm just great. What's up? Uh, I got two things for you, uh, definitely talking about that lemon tree, yeah. but there's another fella that I met working at a hardware store in Social Circle that knows you quite well, Jim. Mm. Name's Jim. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember him. but uh, What does Brother he, Jim want? Uh, what, what do you want to know about him and his lemon tree? 
Oh no, the, I I knew Jim um, um, when I worked at this hardware store, okay. Jim Redder, oh, and okay. he worked with you before. Yeah, but anyways, sure. um, so the lemon tree, <clears throat> my wife got it from um, some students that she teaches last year around Christmas time, and we put it out outside on the front porch when it was getting warm, and it's grown six or eight inches, but it's in a pretty small pot. Yeah. Um, and of course, I know. I don't know exactly the protocol in winterizing it, but I've already got it inside next to a window. Yeah, good. But my question, my biggest question is, can I repot it now that I'm winterizing it? I mean, it's winterized now. I think winterizing just means keep it a little little bit of shade before you bring it indoors so the change from being outdoors in the high light levels outdoors to the low light levels in your house are ameliorated a little bit. That's all winterizing is for, for a lemon tree. And so okay. if you want to repot it into a bigger pot, Jeb, no problem. Do it on the kitchen floor, put a lot of newspapers down or a tarp, and have at it. All right. Yes, sir. It's just got a really tiny pot right now, and I don't want that to stunt the growth. Yeah, or that certainly will. It certainly will, Jeb. You're smart to think about that because you stunt the root growth, and that stunts the upper growth, which stunts the flowering, which makes you have no lemons on it, and that's not what you want. You want some more fruit. Yes, sir. Well, Repot. how long until... I can keep it outside, or is that something I'll have to keep bringing inside? You'll have to keep doing it. In fact, I got an email from a lady this past week on Tuesday saying, I have this eight-foot-tall Meyer lemon tree, and it's just too big to bring indoors and outdoors. (laughs) Honey, you're just going to have to do it because you can't leave it outdoors. It's never going to get winter uh, tolerant outside. It's going to freeze if you leave it outdoors in Atlanta. So prune it back, Jeff. That's another thing you could do each um, Hmm, when would I do this? I might do it as August would be a good time to do it. And this is, this is sort of winterizing, too, is what you're doing by pruning a little bit on the plant in August, Jeb, to make it small enough so it can fit inside without being eight feet tall like the lady that sent me hers. So winterizing on the Meyer lemon is a little bit about pruning to give it the right size for bringing indoors. That's winterizing, too. Okay. All right. That makes sense. All right. Well, All right. Good, man. I appreciate you. Hey, Jeb. Thanks for calling. Appreciate you, too. It's John in Ball And you know what? We have two Johns in Ballground. All right. John in Ballground, whose phone number ends with 5263. You are next. Hey, John. Good morning. Hey, buddy. You That's too. me. Actually, Ashley I'm Frasca. really Latham Town. Ballground is my big city. Ashley, Ashley Frasca was playing with me by putting two Johns from Ballground here. And wonder uh, what I would say. What and they're both t- calling about the same plan. That was wild. My mind is blown. Two Johns are just <laughs> on the same great mind and the same path. What's your question, John, from Ballground? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I'm not going to tell you what's on my kitchen counters, no, but, man. you know, I'm living alone, too, so you can put whatever <laughs> you want. <laughs> and Jason, bless his heart, his wife lives with him, but he's got a whole bathroom he can't use because he's got all of his citrus trees from outdoors uh, inside his bathroom. So... Yeah, yeah, living alone has its advantages. Save that marriage. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, then, John? I got a big camellia question again. I love my camellias too. I had planted a bunch of them in 1990 in front of my house, and now the um, I got termites, and they're saying I got to pull them out to mm. do a perimeter inspection okay. or whatever they got to you know for the termites. So I want to take these out. Like I said, they're huge. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, they're just budding up now. Is it okay to transplant them now? You know, if you want them to 
have some flowers on them in the spring. Are yours the kind that bloom in the spring? I'm assuming they are, John. No, they're, they're red. They're actually bloom in the winter almost. Okay. You know what I would do? I would pull off half of the unopened buds because that's going to oh. diminish the amount of hormones that go to rooting if you let all of them flower. They'll, the hormones will be concentrated on the flower buds, and uh -huh. they won't send a lot of signals down to the bottom saying, hi, John moved you 20, 30 feet away, and you don't have many of your roots anymore. You need to make roots. So I would remove at least half of the unopened buds now, John, before you move it. Then do the moving, gotcha. yeah, and water appropriately in the summertime. But you should still get some flowering from now till the end of the flowering season. Right, because right. they're just starting to bud up now. So you're saying just trim them back? Trim them and, back, uh, or you could pop the buds off if you wanted to. You just pop them off you. your thumb. Okay. Now, how about pulling these out? They're big. I'm getting a backhoe mm. to do it, and the one side's against the foundation of the house. So can I be a little rough with these and just, like, dig a trench and then, like, just pull them out, pull them up, and, you know, rip off the back roots? Yeah, or? yeah you can do okay. that. Yeah. Who's, who's okay. driving the uh, backhoe, John? Guess who? <laughs> it's your house, man. I just hoped it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm careful. getting my, my, my lovely daddy passed away, and yeah. um, hopefully he's leaving me a tractor. <laughs> hopefully he's leaving you some tractor operating skills as well, John. Yeah. You need to be I, careful. You know, I landscape, but I've never used a backhoe, so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to learn on it. And, um, you know, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Have fun, John. Have fun. That's all well, I can I say. Got a Don't long call time me and do. tell me. Tell I me mean, what happened to the side of your house with the backhoe bucket swung into well, it. I don't want to know. I know I got a sewage system in front, so I got to worry about that. But everything yeah. else is pretty good. I should be clear, you know. Right. Well, good luck with it, John. I'm looking. What a great show. Thanks a lot, thank, Walter. Thank you, John. And the second John from Ballground will get to you next. Right now it's 747, and we'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Long is And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Securities. Today, well, it's 100% likely it's raining at your house likely right now. Diminishing this afternoon, though, high of 62, low of 60 today. Not a whole lot of change, although right now it's 51 degrees outside. Tomorrow, a 30% chance of showers, high of 72, low of 48 overnight. And your full weekend forecast, of course, comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. And the opportunity to really do good for a family and a kid in Georgia comes up this afternoon, or this morning, I guess, from 9 until noon at the Woodstock Walmart on Highway 92. Clark Howard, Eric Von Hessler, uh, no, Eric will be there next Wednesday, I believe it is, but Dave Baker will be with Clark Howard today at the Woodstock Walmart on Highway 92 from 9 to noon. Also, you can do the same thing of buying kids for the foster system in Georgia. Money Matters hosts Wes Moss and Eric Erickson and Chris Chandler from Atlanta's Evening News will be down at the Peachtree City Walmart on Highway 54. Drop by, my friends. Help them help the foster kids in Georgia. It is a wonderful opportunity to make a big difference in a kid's life. Let's see. John, 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 John in Ballground, Georgia. Hey, John. Good morning. 
Good morning, Walter. What's up? Uh, I've got a kind of similar question, I guess, to the previous caller about camellias. Mine are in full bloom right now. Yeah, great. And they're about 10 feet tall, and they're getting into a window area, and I need to trim them back. Can I trim them back after they finish blooming, or do I need to wait till spring? Nah, perfect time. Right after they finish blooming for both the fall-blooming Sasanqua camellias and the Japanese camellias that bloom in the spring, still the recommendation or the best advice is to prune after they bloom. So for and years, you get to it in January February, and for everybody else, they do it in April, May. Okay, now they're about 12 feet tall. About how I need to cut them back a good, probably a quarter or three quarters of it. Mm, probably will not hurt them in the least. Okay. Camellias, they're tough. They're like uh, holly and... You okay. know, other plants, gardenias, for instance, they're all pretty tough plants. They don't have much environmental cautions with them, and so pruning a camellia usually doesn't hurt them at all. Okay. Well, I'll get busy then as soon as they finish. All right. Good doing, John. See you soon. We got Rick in Canton. Hey, Rick. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. Hey, uh, first time caller. But you got a kiwi vine? Is that right? I, I do. I have three. I've got two males and a female. Wow, good and for you. Be- it was an impulse buy at one of the big box stores, so we're kind of experimenting. I have done very little with it, and it's taken about 10 years, and it's fruiting, and it and it has the little small ones. I guess they call that a berry kiwi or something. Okay, yeah. But but in, will pruning help increase the size of those a little bit? Because they're about the size of a muscadine. i got several muscadine vines, and I heard you mention this morning to trim them up like a muscadine vine. That is exactly right. They won't get much bigger. Yours don't have much uh, fuzz on the skin, do they, Rick? No, they're slick skin. They're slick no, skin. no fuzz. Okay. Like Those are the, they're actually more cold hardy than the fuzzy ones are. I've mentioned that this morning, too. Fuzzies don't do all that well other than my neighbor, whereas you have the winter hardy ones, which, you, again, they have the berry-like, the small uh, fruit on them. And you can't make them grow much bigger than they are, but you can get more of them if you want more, pruning them like a muscadine on wire so you can control how you prune and when you do the pruning. That is great management technique for them. As, as I mentioned, I haven't done very much with them, so I haven't yeah. pruned them very much. Of course, <laughs> wire. That's a big. And now I've got to go out there and do some work on them and get the get a new wire put in place. So how big are they, on. Rick? How tall and how wide? Uh, they're pretty large size bushes right now. I'd say you know my wire is about five foot tall, and yeah. they grow about six foot over the top of it, and they've just covered a, a space between about 15 feet. So not big as a school bus, but uh, bigger than you need to have in the backyard. Yeah, get a wire. Go on, online if you want to. You can see on, online the um, uh, description of pruning muscadines that I have on my website. Just use that as a guide. Train them to a wire and prune them back like that in January or February each year, Rick. It's 7.58 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden after news.